2: To be Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger.
0: I'm Lindsay Webber.
2: Today is March 18th. Do you know what that means, Lindsay? Do you know what is out today?
0: Deep water is out. I just want to feel joy in my life.
2: You want to tell me why you didn't come home last night?
3: Not really.
1: This isn't a game, Melinda. It's always been a game.
2: I was actually going to say the first new pack of Mario Kart 8 courses, but uh, yeah, Deepwater is also out.
0: When I tell you I watched it with not only my friend's email scrawled across it, but also Property of (laughs) Disney, (laughs) never have I seen a movie in which so many people get fingered and Property of Disney is written so gracefully across the top. This was because I watched it a few days ago, but I will be watching it again with the Patreons. I don't know whether I'm excited or pissed about that, but I will.
2: We're going to watch it with the patrons. Patreon-only content. If you want to hear us talk about and talk throughout Deepwater, subscribe to our Patreon. We,
0: you need to talk throughout that movie or else it drags like a rock that hits the back of somebody's head. I won't say whose.
2: <laughs> and you won't say who threw the rock. You won't say who threw the rock.
0: Well, I'm I'm still unclear who did. I'll tell you that. After seeing that movie, it's somewhat unclear who is doing what. But if you want to make your deep water watch even more enjoyable than it will already be, um, I recommend smoking weed and tuning in to the Who Weekly Patreon commentary.
2: You're listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show, where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619 Who them We're just going to get started. We got a lot of calls and comments today, so let's go for it. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Long time, long
4: time. I was listening to today's episode and I had to pause because you were talking about Ryan Michelle Basset, star of The Endgame, and how she could change her known by on IMDb to remove the Katherine Heigl movie from first position. And I just wanted to say that if, all you have to do, if you're an IMDb pro member, you can literally go in and change what you're known for. So she could do it. And maybe what we could do is just get messages to Ryan Michelle Baffet to change it. But also, I think probably any IMDb Pro member could do it. So I did not take the ambitious task upon myself to go change it like that person did for Wikipedia, for Taylor Lautner, but I could. Anyway, ScarJo, Yummy Pop, Crunch Crunch, bye.
0: Okay. Is this true? You pay IMDb a paltry fee, and you can go change anyone's known for. That seems like a little bit too fluid. Good to be true. You know, yeah.
2: (laughs) I think maybe at one point I can't check like historically like what you could do on IMDb Pro, but Lindsay and I have an IMDb Pro account. I never knew you could do this, so I looked into it, and you can't do it. But it does explain how to do it. You can do it if you are Ryan Michelle Bathay they may have changed it so right now you can only change it if you are the star in question the controller of the INDB account which takes like verification and stuff so like if ryan michelle bethe wanted to go through the hoops to like become the verified operator of that account after doing so she as an INDB pro account owner with her account attached to ryan michelle bethe's INDB page could adjust the known for at her discretion there's like a whole like On the INDB Pro website that says like best practices, like you can use anything you want, but make sure to choose wisely essentially. Otherwise, our system, our algorithm is going to choose for you. And it's weighted based on like most popular things being searched right now.
0: They have, listen, they have the actual list of ways that it's weighted. It's weighted, including the job performed on the title, aka a director credit, will have more weight than a production assistant credit. The frequency of credits in the for a particular job in the context of the person's filmography. The type of title, a credit for a theatrical feature has a different weight than one for a short film, so you'd get those are more popular. The popularity mm-hmm. of the title, notice this is one, two, three, four, five down. Uh, this takes mm-hmm. into consideration the number of hits slash page views, the average user rating, any awards won, and other things. And the relative importance of the credit among similar ones of the same title. For example, an acting credit for someone who's received top billing will weigh more than an acting credit for a cameo appearance. Okay, interesting.
2: Yeah. I had no idea until today that if Ryan Michelle Bethé wanted to go in there and change it, she could. She could. But she clearly has it, It seems like there's though. no way of knowing which ones are algorithmically generated and which ones are user generated
0: this is a bummer for us honestly because now we don't know when we look at somebody's imdb known for's if it's the algorithm or if somebody went in there and switched them around
2: exactly it kind of sucks
0: it kind of sucks and it ruins the known for game
2: the known for game created by the this had oscar buzz podcast and i know what you mean i kind of wish it were more egalitarian i guess where everyone was playing by the same set of rules but like turns out there's like another set of rules you just have to know how to play the game. I
0: mean, I am glad that she can eventually go in there when she figures this out and somebody gets this information to her and change her her known for us, which was our original goal. I mean, we can't go Mm -hmm. back from the original goal, which was that Ryan deserves to not have that Katherine Heigl movie as her top film.
2: Anyway, Ryan, connect your name to your INDB Pro account and switch this up. You have the power. It's all in your hands.
0: She probably doesn't even care or know. I don't want to cause her more stress. No, she probably cares and knows.
2: We could use our IMDb Pro account to email Ryan Michelle Bathe's publicist and be like, "Look, we're doing this out of love." <laughs> I know
0: it is a weird request because it like insults a movie that like we you know we don't. It's just kind of like out of the blue. It'd yeah. be one thing if there was an actual inaccuracy versus us just being like shady about a project right. she's done. You know, hey, <laughs> hi.
2: This is really funny just because I'm remi- I'm just like reminded that I know nothing about this woman, Morena Baccarin. Do you know what her four known fours are? We didn't talk about this last week. No. If you had said, I will murder everyone you know and love unless you can get the known fours, I would have gotten all of them wrong.
0: She was in Gotham. Gotham's got to be on there.
2: No, it's not. I think I would have guessed Homeland, Greenland, Gotham, Spy. None of those are there. What's on there? Deadpool. Okay. Deadpool 2.
0: Okay, fair. Serenity. Serenity. Okay.
2: And V, that ABC series from like 2009. V, she was one of the aliens. I didn't even know that.
0: It is weird because those all feel like overpowered by the popularity of the project versus her actual involvement within. Like Deadpool 1 and 2 are huge. So yes, they are Huge like movies dwarf. that I never saw,
2: fine. Right. But V over Homeland? V mm. over Gotham? Hmm. Now I'm starting to think that Morena is proud of V and wants it on her known for.
1: Hmm. God, this adds a
2: twist into the IMDb game. Had no idea.
1: Hmm. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. So I don't watch Bridgerton, and I don't know or really care who Jonathan Bailey is. But when you were talking about him, something about my nepotism radar just went off. So, of course, I went to the early life section on his Wikipedia to see uh, if he was, in fact, a Nepo baby. Uh, it turns out he is not a, a uh, theater Nepo baby, but his dad is the managing director of the largest honey supplier in England. So he comes from Honey Money. Uh, I just thought that that was funny. Uh, you probably won't play this, but uh, if you do, uh, crunch crunch.
2: It's not nepotism, but it is Honey Money. This is a new one. Uh, To who? We haven't talked about a who who came from Honey Money yet.
0: Well, he talks in his, one of the interviews he did that I put in the episode that you didn't hear because it was in Mm post-production was about how he worked at a honey store and it like ground in him. But I didn't like think Mm -hmm. about that as being like, I just thought he worked at a store. Like, I didn't think like that was the family business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But his father is Stuart Bailey, chairman of Britain's largest honey supplier, Rose of Wallingford. Honey's expensive. That's a great business to be in.
2: I found their profits. Rose. Why? Because I, I wanted to see how much money they're pulling in from this honey company. Um, this honey company incorporated 1971. In 2020, after taxes, they made 76 million pounds. Their profits have been going up, 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 up ever since 2011. Oh, honey's because expensive.
0: I only get honey from independent, you know, producers. Independent producers <laughs> I don't fuck with big honey. Do you I'm sorry, you fuck with big honey? Who no I think I not. fuck with big honey. I don't mm. use honey
2: enough that I just buy the little bear, the little plastic Misguided.
0: bear. Oh my god, that's not even real honey.
2: I know. It's like it's like maple syrup isn't real maple yeah. syrup, it's just corn syrup with maple flavoring.
0: Well, not the stuff that I buy, it's real. Because I have you my, go. you know, I have my suppliers. I
2: have my, I have my Vermont suppliers. I actually just
0: got some new maple syrup from up north, direct from the trees.
2: Your suppliers, God.
0: It's not that much more expensive to no, buy know, I know, I know. these very easy shelf stable products directly right. from They're the source. They're shelf stable; they
2: never go bad. They will. Your I honey know. will never go of bad. Of
0: all the things that I feel stupid about, that's the least that I'm like pure, procuring my. My honey and my maple syrup from the source, from the bees, from the trees, trees and bees.
2: Okay, well, good for Jonathan Bailey, Honey Money. Next call. Vaguely related to Ryan Michelle Bathay.
0: Hey,
3: Lindsay and Bobby, I'm dying because those Subway ads for the end game that you're talking about, that's literally my job. I bought those placements. They're called Subway Two Sheets. Those are the ads that are printed that you see on the Subway Station. Um, we also bought... Digital Urban Panels, (coughs) excuse me, I believe, which are the ads you see when you walk down the subway steps. Um, So, yeah, it's just crazy to hear you guys talk about um, how much the advertising worked. And it's my job and it worked. So that is so funny. Okay. Um,
0: Crunch, crunch. I'm sorry. What worked on us?
2: (laughs) The subway ads for the end game worked on us because we talked about that because of the subway ads that I saw on the subway.
0: Oh, sorry, not Subway Sandwich. I'm sorry. Oh. Subway, the Subway Train.
2: <laughs> the Subway Train ads. They're responsible for the end game Subway ads. They bought the placements for the end game ads on the Subway.
0: Oh, so not like from the Subway side, they're from the other side.
2: She's the, yes, media, exactly. buyer
0: for, uh, the
2: media buyer for the end game. Hooligans represent every job in the country.
0: Yeah, those ads really work, though. You're standing there. You see a poster for something you don't recognize. You're gonna, you know, if you're one of us, if you're me, you're gonna say, "What's that? I haven't heard of this. What is this? Who's this? Why is this everywhere?"
2: Because you're right next to it. It's not like you're in a car and you're zoom, zoom, zoom and pass.
0: But not even that. It's just my subway time is just like you know, I'm just sit. I'm just kind of like thinking. You know, I'm like looking around and I'm just like waiting and I'm bored and I'm 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 immersed in culture and so I'm just gonna mm-hmm. be like thinking about right. the images.
2: You're immersed in culture, yes.
0: (laughs) Like culture, be like the subway, like the people of New York, this, that, watch out for that, watch out for that, you know, and then like, (sighs) there's an ad for for endgame, you know. I'm on alert in the subway is what I'm trying to tell you.
2: Mm -hmm. This reminds me of my favorite advertisement of all time, bar none, the best advertisement of all time. And I'm not sure if it's regional or if it's nationwide. There was a billboard company, maybe it's like Lamar Billboards in Texas, and it's like, you know, the, the companies that own billboards and they rent them out, you know, mm-hmm. there was one company, a lot of their empty billboards, they would put the same ad on them, which said, does advertising work? Just did. And then it's like, call this number to advertise on this billboard. <laughs> did those exist in the Northeast? <laughs> does advertising work? Just did. They're everywhere.
0: It, that must be a regional company's like little gag. I don't remember that specifically. But Just it did. But the thing is, it didn't work. Like, the work is in the follow-through. The work is going to watch Endgame or talk about it on a fucking podcast.
2: According to literally every single person in my family, when I decided I was going to get a degree in advertising, they would, they would say, are you ever going to make an ad as good as the one that said does advertising work just did? Because that's the best ad of all time. And the thing is, they're right but, in a way. But what's
0: it an ad for? Ads in general?
2: <laughs> it gets your attention.
0: The, the advertising business?
2: I would say the ad for Endgame worked, even though I'm not necessarily doing what it wants.
0: There are two different success points of ads, I'm sure. It's like, one, you look at Attention. it and, and recognize <laughs> it. Two, the follow through, which is I'm going to watch Endgame on Monday nights <laughs> at seven, 8, seven Central, which is like the true goal of any mm-hmm. You know, like the. the mm-hmm. But they don't know the conversion rate specifically of looking at a Subway ad and then like going through with it, unless like someone tells them on a survey right
2: yeah right what is this the new york globe in the in the gilded age when they know peggy's ad converted well, to more subscribers
0: i was gonna say it's like very lumen of severance like i'm it's like lumen. i'm looking i like how they know that it con- converted directly mm-hmm. i don't even know what they make at lumen and i think that
2: that maybe that they don't even know what they make at lumen <laughs>
0: that's fair great show <laughs>
2: great show great show, and not great so great show. show the gilded age
0: um that's not stop comparing the gilded age to severance They're i love comparing fantastic. the gilded age
2: to severance it's I love ridiculous comparing the age that Sarah those are just severance. the two
0: shows that you happen to be watching they are not comparable
2: um but i'll keep trying okay next next call last comment
3: hi Lindsay and bobby um i've been listening to charlie xdx's new song baby and um the like trumpet noise in the background sounds exactly like um the trumpet noise from the banana theme song um don't know if i'm the only one who feels that way but figured i'd share crunch crunch does it just listen i am going pick you up
0: Oh, it does sound like yours. Anyway,
2: I'm suing Charlie XCX for plagiarism.
0: (laughs) Wow, Charlie should hire you to produce her next album. Yeah, she should. It's out today. Deepwater and Charlie's new album Crash being out on the same day is gay culture, I think. I didn't really put that together, but it definitely is.
2: And both of them involve crashes of some kind, you know? Literal, metaphorical
0: and whatever, however you feel about the new Charlie album, it's definitely going to be better than that movie's. It got an eight on <laughs> Pitchfork already. It did? And I'm talking to you from the past. Uh-huh. Our dear friend, Owen Myers. Shout out to Owen.
2: That's cool. Eight. Oh, good for that. That's cool. Let's read the last paragraph. Joyful moments feel particularly victorious given that Charlie has recently spoken of feeling disillusioned and burned out recently all the time. If she seemed for a time to be stuck on the hyperpop color wheel of doom, crash is how it feels to take a sledgehammer to the screen and look around with eyes wide open.
0: That's nice. It's nice. You never can call Charlie dull or stuck. She's no. changing it up.
2: Constantly raising the bar for us all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. And if you're hearing this, you're like, oh, well, I'm gonna, now I know what I'm going to do after the listening to the show.
2: People are going to like turn, turn this off, off the show turn it on. Listen to, I know. to to Crash. That's fine. Just make sure you come back. Turn this off and watch Deep Water, but come back. Yes.
0: Don't turn this off and watch Deepwater. Then you'll be, like, so upset with your life Then you'll you won't even want to come back to us.
2: Well, I'm okay with it as long as they come back.
0: Our return rates are low. Don't leave.
2: We need to get that ad buyer on the horn <laughs> if we lose too many listeners to Deepwater. Let's play some questions.
3: Hi, Who Weekly. Tom Schwartz and Katie, whatever her original last name was from Vanderpump Rules. Have broken up. I'm honestly surprised they were married for this long. Lindsay Podcaster. Hey Who Weekly, long time, long time. Just calling because we have been talking well, you guys have been talking about um the cadence of breakup posts lately. And I just saw one that literally made me cry. This is up uh, from Tom Schwartz who was married to Katie Maloney of Vanderpump Rules fame and they were together for 12 years and he basically posted just saying that he was heartbroken and respected her decision in the classic Instagram font you're probably getting emailing me calls about this but you have to go read it okay forehead diamond bye hey who weekly so
4: this is not going to be the only call that you're getting about Music Kills Katie and t ending their 12-year-long Vanderpump relationship. Curious, uh, well, I, I, I there aren't really, it doesn't seem like there's a lot that's up in the air. It seems pretty clear that she ended it, but, oh God, it is also like it's so boring, but I also, Well, I don't I wanna know what you all have to say about it. I think they're both who's for sure. Do you think that it will impact the franchise in any way? I guess it's sort of outside of your purview perhaps, but curious what, if any, uh light you have to shed on this sort of like I guess it's very Vanderpump Rulesian in that it's like sort of like catastrophic, but it just feels like a big like lump of news. Anyhow, um, just spilling, in the hot beans, in the hot beans, crunch,
0: crunch. This is like a topic where I have to convince Bobby that it's important, but I think I have my angle. Because, like, you don't watch Vanderpump Rules and never did. Not that I'm like anyone needs to be watching Vanderpump Rules. But I would argue there is something interesting about this breakup outside of the show. I'll explain to you why it's interesting inside the show. And then we'll I'll explain to you why I think you would find it interesting.
4: Okay.
2: But, you don't have to convince me that it's important. I understand that. But I kind of don't understand why.
0: Well, it's like why within a show with lots of couples breaking up is this couple important? Like, yeah. be more important. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Vanderpump Rules, you've had to pay attention to that for, through the Randall Emmett stuff you mm-hmm. gracefully cared about, and then James Kennedy got a fiancé breakup this season, which just happened, and now these two breaking up, it's kind of crazy because there aren't many couples left actually on the show because the first ones get got kicked off because of racism. They're all fucking mm-hmm. assholes. And then this group of remaining pumpers put out one of the most boring seasons of TV and then said, actually, we're all just going to break up with each other to mm-hmm. see if we can reignite the series. I'm kidding. That's kind of a conspiracy brain that like, we got to get the show going.
2: Really quickly, when we were in LA, did we go to Pump or TomTom? I don't remember. We went
0: to TomTom.
2: Which is one of these Toms. This is one of the Toms and Tom This tom-tom. is Tom. This is a titular Schwartz.
0: Tom. <laughs> this is Tom Schwartz. And
2: then there's, there's tom, tom Sandoval. There's Tom Schwartz
0: and there's Tom Sandoval.
2: Okay, so I have patronized his business.
0: Tom Schwartz and Katie Maloney are one of the central couples on Vanderpump Rules. Okay. They met before the show started, therefore, okay. going into the show, they were a couple. So if that makes sense. Like, does that make oh, sense? Wow. Like, when the show started, yeah, they were a couple.
2: Pre-fame couple.
0: They've had a tumultuous relationship that I always blamed on keeping the show exciting because their complaints felt very much like almost the tropey plotline of a family sitcom in that he was always not doing enough. She was always kind of bossy. He, you know, he was kind of a little bit of of a fumbling, bumbling idiot. And she was kind Mm -hmm. of like, you know what I mean? Like it felt very much like almost a crafted narrative of their marriage but it worked for like the show does that make sense like it was a think of any like sitcom couple where it's like the guy is like a lovable dope you know
2: plenty of those got it yeah
0: and so that was what their dynamic was in the show and i kind of always thought people were always like oh these two have to break up but my you know kind of conspiracy brain was like well they're probably fine they're just really playing up like the worst parts of their relationship, they're probably exaggerating for the show. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And there was a moment early on where there might have been some infidelity, but it was, like, very confusing and obtuse and, like, he kissed a girl in Vegas or something or maybe not or who knows. Do you know what I mean? But that's happened with every, essentially, character on this show. Again, for the sake of, like, the show being incredible, which it was, like, seasons one through three or four or something. Got it. And now they're breaking up, which is truly shocking because I do feel like they really could have just dragged this out until the very end
2: so something went wrong uh,
0: these these people don't have anything in common with anyone else like the way that they do now with each other so I'm kind of just like okay best of luck to you so that's why it's interesting to the Vanderpump Rules team and I'm sure somebody who is a super fan could go into more detail about the various ups and downs of this relationship within the show's context but that's not our job outside the show it's interesting because, as you know, they're vaguely famous. They're also kind of not famous, but they're famous in like that niche way, you know? Right. Yes. Like if you watch the show, they're the most famous people in the world. If you don't watch the show, you literally wouldn't be able to pick them out of a lineup. And that's, I think, literally the, the crux of it all.
2: I wouldn't know them from Anne and Adam.
0: Right. And I would say that this show is not in its finest hour. Therefore, they're not even the most relevant of their entire semi-famous careers.
2: Were you, when you got this notification, what did you think? What was your first reaction?
0: I was surprised. And then I was like, oh, (laughs) kind (laughs) of.
2: Oh, okay.
0: I don't know. Like, I don't particularly like – I think the problem with this couple, though, is – Mm, unfortunately she has been written out to be unlikable and he's likable and it's kind of the worst part of the trope which is that like the glovable dope of a husband is the one that's like cutie sweetie like we forgive you Uh, and then she comes out as being like annoying which i think is like Mm -hmm. probably actually definitely probably half the truth and just just, like half the truth like i'm sure he's annoying in ways that create her make her become a person she doesn't recognize and become a person that she doesn't love and maybe that's Mm -hmm. What contributed to this breakup? Which, like, if I saw myself becoming like the naggiest, most annoying person version of myself because my husband was like, nah, nah, like I would also be like, bye.
2: There'd be a little resentment there too. Yeah, like you turned me into this, and our yeah, fans sort of turned me into kind this. of
0: right. But I mean, this is these aren't new relationship dynamics. Is what I'm trying to say. I think. Uh-huh. You know,
2: something something that is new about it is the way that this was revealed.
0: Well, that's what I... That was my third reaction, which was, why are these goodbye posts so distinctly different? We're so used to copy and paste.
2: Right. Copy and paste, even if you change the font, you use the exact same copy, but you change the style. Or... You use the same style and different language, but pretty much the exact same sentiment. You know, like, minor variations on similar statements. What we have here are two visually similar statements, inverted colors, but the tones are completely different. Like, Katie is saying one thing and Tom is saying another thing, but they both said it at the exact same time.
0: It's weird, but they also are coming from his reads, like, maybe... It could just be somebody you knew, and hers reads like what you are typically expecting from somebody who from a celebrity, famous. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: So, do you want to read? I feel like the only way we could do this is you read his and I read hers.
2: Sure. I, I mean, they're they're long, so keep. We are going to read the whole thing. I am going to read the whole thing, but I think you need to have the whole thing to hear the impact of the other thing. Okay, I am going to read Tom's divorce statement. Well, this sucks. How am I supposed to capture 12 years of love in a fucking canned Instagram caption? What picture am I supposed to use? Is there a go-to breakup font? Wanted to clear the air on some rumors floating around. Katie and I are separating. I'm not quite ready to use the D word because it's too painful. Yes, my heart aches, but I'll be okay. Not looking to evoke any sympathy here. I'm not the victim. Not gonna write too sad a song. Fully respect Katie's decision and we've had healthy, productive conversations about it. It would be far sadder if she decided to stay with me whilst not happy. After 9 years on a reality TV show, it feels a little tone deaf to say, quote, please respect our privacy, especially while posting this. So instead I'll ask to please be kind. I don't fault you for any snap judgment. If I was watching us on VPR for the last 9 years, I'd be making them too. Perception gets skewed because of seeing snippets of our lives on the show, but I'm telling you we had some of the most blissful, romantic, fun times, humanely, po- humanely, humanely possible over the course of our relationship. I'm talking heaven-on-earth level joy. She taught me so much about love and being a better partner. It's hard not to feel like a statistic, another failed marriage. I don't look at it as a failure. As sad as I am, still happy to say there's no anger or bitterness. Zero. Still so much love for you, at music kills Kate and your family. I don't think we were ever a model couple. Maybe we are model divorcees. A dubious title, I suppose. Also, I'm aware of the tragedies taking place in the world right now. I have perspective here. I'll be fine. So I'll shut up now and say it one last time. Love you, bub. Always and forever, you'll be in my heart. On my ass, maybe not so much.
0: He has a tattoo that says Bubba on his ass, I think, Uh, which is his nickname for her. I got to say,
2: I don't think other people really look through this. I don't think this was vetted. There are too many misspellings, etc. And there's also an yeah, at Yuri in Cadence. there,
0: too. It's kind of charming that there's... Like, I really do think that his is, like, the most most authentic version of a celebrity breakup post that I've read. Like, I'm not sure who vetted that, you know?
2: And yeah, it's good. There's,
0: it's pretty good.
2: Yeah. Me not Hers knowing is, really anything about the dynamics of their relationship, I'm like, oh, I feel bad for you. But, you know, right. that's that's, gr- that's a grown-up so statement.
0: notice his is... Uh, created to evoke the most sympathy ever, right? And hers, let me read it to you now. I never thought I would have to make an announcement like this, but I feel it's important that I'm open about my life with you. After 12 years on an adventure through our life together, Tom and I are ending our marriage. This ending is not met with resentment or animosity, no sides to choose. We have a deep admiration for one another that will always remain, and we cherish our friendship. Although we may be on different paths, we will continue to love and support one another's happiness. Thank you for all the kind words and support. The end. It's literally like I'm leaving my job to go to another job. (laughs) It's the most devoid of any sort of emotion, heart, or anything. And it's crazy to me because I do feel like it really... It also continues to dig into this, like, stereotype of her that's on the show that is like, I'm a mean bitch, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And his is like, you know, I was dumped. I'm sad. Feel for me. Love me.
2: Tom's post is very Desiree kissing you. And yeah. Katie's post is very Desiree. You gotta be. <laughs> you know, it's okay, just like. Wow.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay.
2: It's like moving on.
0: Well, also his reveals the number one question everybody also wants to know, which is who dumped who, or like what ha- you know, just a little bit of what happened, and his kind of says it all, which is just that she decided to end it.
2: That it was over. Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of insiders talking to all the um all the tabloids. One of the insiders told People, they act like terrific roommates and are still a part of each other's lives. But when it comes to the future, the source says the pair was looking for different things in their relationship. Schwartz, 39, was seeking, quote, more flexibility with his life. And Maloney, 35, wanted, quote, more of a traditional marriage. Yep. Okay, whatever he that wanted means. He to
0: do something else. I mean, he owns, like, three, two bars in Hollywood. I don't know. Like, he loves having a fun in life. And this whole thing that was weird because the whole season was all about everybody like having kids. And it was always like, Tom and Katie, when are you going to have kids? And it was just like, and I'm sure that's their entire lives. And maybe Mm -hmm. they disagreed on that.
2: Seems like there was like a fundamental disagreement that they just couldn't get past.
0: That went on for nine years on television, which is even worse. So it's like.
2: Weirdly to me, this doesn't read like some sort of like betrayal like, romantic or sexual betrayal. Yeah. Like, this reads like something deeper than that, almost.
0: This reads like a lot of couples therapy and finally a breakthrough.
2: Yeah. Because I feel like a couple could deal with, like, oh, you cheated on me. Like, oh, this, 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 that. This doesn't seem like that at all.
0: Well, so now the body count on Vanderpump Rules is we had James and Raquel were engaged. They broke up. It was revealed on the uh, reunion episode after the... Mm -hmm. Last episode of the season was at their engagement party or something. So like shows you how ridiculous the season was. And then in the same reunion episode, it was not revealed, but talked about Lala and Randall. And that was cheating. So they broke
2: up. Mm -hmm.
0: And now you have this, which is happening now off a season or either or they're taping or something. But I'm sure if they get another season, it's going to be covered. I just cannot believe that we went from like, an entire season about like people's uh, engagements and marriages and babies to now half the cast is single again.
2: So do you think this means as a, as a uh, reluctant VPR viewer at this point in your life? Sure. Do you think this, the show is like over?
0: I mean, I feel like this could mean that the show is back in terms of oh, like that it- <laughs> pl- plot, okay. but yeah. I mean, but you're, but I don't know. I think they're kind of too old in general too. This, mm-hmm. Mind you, this was a show about working in a restaurant. It's no longer that. Nobody works at that restaurant anymore. <laughs> to be fair, they should have spun it off into Tom, Tom You know, I think that they had many opportunities to spin this off into other restaurants that were owned by the people that were in the original restaurant. But they didn't mm-hmm. because they were addicted to the original cast. And look where that got them to a dead end. Like they could mm-hmm. have said like we're. You know, and they tried to bring in new people and, and they weren't good or whatever so who cares, who knows what that meant but like they should have stuck to their guns and like gone with a new generation of people who work at a restaurant
2: mm-hmm. No one is taking this harder than I mean of course this is hardest on Tom and Katie, but third in line, Is Reed the Pioneer Woman.
0: (laughs) It's the Pioneer Woman who is a huge Vanderpump Rules fan. I'm not sure it's like fun to admit that you're a Vanderpump Rules fan in 2022. I think I would keep that. I think I would divert my fandom elsewhere, you know?
2: And yet she is the top comment on Katie's post. Notice that she's Team Katie because I couldn't find her comment on Tom's post she only yeah, commented that's feminism. on katie's post that's and feminism. she's still, okay that's oh right that's feminism thank you um it's women's month isn't it women's history month of course I international should international that women's is history
0: month and that's why the pioneer woman she literally has a woman <laughs> in her name is gonna take sides with katie
2: and she says sending you lots of love katie and she's like a known out and proud vpr stand. this is not some sort of reveal
0: i love this Making cornbread alongside Vanderpump Rules Reunion, which I've seen 13 times already. The next slide. There is so much yelling on the reunion and so much butter in this cornbread. (laughs) Like, Never say that the Pioneer Woman doesn't have something special.
2: There is. The Pioneer Woman is exactly that type of... It's sort of like I'm thinking of Food Network personalities where it's like... Oh, there may be more than meets the eye. Like Ina Garten, I think Ina Garten is being exactly herself on television. Jada is being like a different version of herself. And like, I think think she's she's probably kind of meaner. Really mean in real life. Pioneer Woman comes across as like a really dull drip of a person who's like so focused uh-uh. on their like weird middle of nowhere family life that they couldn't possibly be relatable. But then, like, you sit down for a meal with her and you're like, you're weirdly a good time. Like,
0: yeah, I think that's true.
2: And I worry about her politics and like her social views. And I'm not sure if she makes it because of her husband, intentionally vague because of her husband and her fan base, or if she actually believes some things that I worry she believes. But I can't really tell. She's a. She's an enigma to me.
0: What's her husband's name? Greg.
2: Lad. 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 Greg, it's Lad. Lad would murder me, but. Yeah. (laughs) But Ree would be like, Lad, don't murder him. (laughs) Lad, no.
0: I do think, though, there is an element of. Hollywood and showbiz that whenever that even getting involved kind of pulls you over to the left a little bit mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. just the nature of like the people that you meet and working within the industry I kind of feel like it's hard to be so like outside the bubble mm-hmm. do you know what I mean
2: and I kind of suspect that the pioneer woman has like a lot of gay fans too
0: right let's like once you're yeah. exposed to like culture we're making a lot of excuses for her it's almost whatever like she's want probably her absolutely to terrible
2: <laughs> If if the pioneer woman ends up being like absolutely despicable yeah, then like she would, I didn't say would, that but
0: right she's going to run you over with that big truck you know she drives
2: she's the Millie Bobby Brown meme but Leave real you a
0: cornbread <laughs> <laughs> there's just a cornbread left next to you <laughs> and it has a little note that's like made with brown butter
2: <laughs> they're like finger's body was found mangled and bloody no. on like I-35 like in uh-huh. North Texas uh-huh. the only evidence left on the scene was like a perfectly baked golden brown brown butter cornbread
0: (laughs) there was evidence finger ate it shortly before he (laughs) he took his last one bite had been taken we'll never know what he thought of the recipe
2: we checked his stomach for like drugs and alcohol but all we found was Was masticated brown butter (laughs) cornbread (laughs) um okay Uh. let's move on thank you i really feel like i know more about this now thank you Lindsay. you're
0: welcome (laughs) I was in Florida this past weekend and guess what was the talk of the town?
2: Your mom's aura frame?
0: The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? how they get that photo?
2: I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text GIF, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No,
0: I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of, you know?
2: They love to steal from... And they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. So it'll just oh. be like a cropped Springtime vibes are in the air, and when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can, thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm going to correct this ad because I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking, and it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee because I use Pretty Litter. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're gonna be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit, they're not gonna smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
3: Hey, Lucy Bobby's first time, medium time. Um, I live in downtown Manhattan and the past two days I've been walking and have just seen people waiting in a line that has wrapped around two blocks and they're all like relatively young, like 20 somethings I would say. But I'm like, who are they? What are they wrapped around to see? So I did some digging on Instagram and I guess some artist named Rex Orange County was doing a pop-up. He has a million followers on Instagram. Clearly, a loyal fan base. But like, who is this person? Crunch,
0: crunch. This is in New York, right?
2: This is in New York, Manhattan. He did a he did a pop up shop like selling merch that was exclusively available at this pop up shop, and that's yeah. the aesthetic that I put in here. It's all like
0: I do feel like I see li- you see lines wrapped around for less. You know, like I, like mm-hmm. I do feel like New York isn't a good kind of indication of popularity because it's like people will wrap around in a line to buy like a hat that from somebody you've truly never heard of and will never hear of again. Do you know what I mean?
2: And even if it's like hard for you to like talk to strangers or like initiate conversations, I feel like everyone is capable of like... What are you line for? Encountering a line, wondering why the line's there and then approaching a random person in the line being like, what's this line for? Because if you are in a line in New York City, someone is going to approach you and go, what's this line for? What's the
0: line for? (laughs) But the thing is when you tell them what the line's for... That can be very, a de- a very demeaning experience because if you if this girlie went up and said what's the line for and someone said Rex Orange County and she doesn't know who that is and she went, huh?
2: And then oh. you, the moment you get around the well, corner away from the line, you Google Rex Orange County,
0: right? But it's kind of like an immediate, like kind of rude. Oh, uh, oh, uh, mm. uh, 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 you uh, know what I mean?
2: Oh, uh, oh, uh, uh. like
0: me waiting in line for like a cronut in like 2022. I'm just kidding. I have I wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, really still I'm trying to think if I've ever been in a line around the
2: I've definitely been in a line for something humiliating.
0: When our friend Ray lived in the city, she was big on like, the, like a food item you'd have to wait in line for. And so that would that would be <laughs> yeah. I would find myself in a line for something that was inexplicable,
2: you know. Ray, this is for the podcast. What's the craziest thing um, you remember waiting in line for? in New York City when you lived here? Like a long line for like a food item or an event or something like that? Just a long line that's wrapped around the block where people are like, what are you in line for?
5: It's specifically for me. Um, (laughs) uh, The first thing that comes to mind is like, I think a Marvel movie at the Union Square, like AMC is on AMC with Lala, like wrapping around that building forever to get like a good seat before you could pick seats. I think that is that's what comes to mind first. I did one stand outside and watch Glee be filmed in Washington Square Park, but it wasn't technically a line. But people did like ask what the hell we were standing there for. Ray, you're
0: telling me you never stood in some crazy line for some weird food thing? That I do not
5: believe. I mean, I have stood in line for concerts, but that's, like, not the same thing to, like, get the barrier, but actually not really very much in New York I would do that. I would have done that, like, in a different state. As a teen in Atlanta, I definitely sat, like, outside for, oh God, probably 12 or 15 hours or some stupid amount of time to see, to get tickets to the, like, front rows of rent, the, like, tickets they sold day of for $20 as a teen. For sure I did that.
0: Oh, I definitely went to like media play to get like in sync CD and stuff when it came out at midnight. Waited outside. I'm sure you guys did
5: that too, right? Just me?
2: Peak early 2000s, probably 2005 sneakerhead culture. I definitely waited in line outside of Flight Club uh, for a ridiculous rainbow colored high top uh, that I definitely couldn't afford and proceeded to pair it with Black Cheap Mondays and an American Imperial V-neck.
5: One time, Jeff slept on a sidewalk, I think for... What was it, Jeff? A PlayStation or something? Please chime in.
4: I waited in line at the Nintendo
2: store in Rockefeller Center for the original Wii overnight. And it turned out to be an excellent decision because that shit was really hard to get for like two years later.
3: Bobby, my mom still talks about seeing you on the news waiting for an iPhone
0: outside the Apple store. So you're famous.
2: The only person who remembers that is your mom. I was waiting at the one in the Upper West Side because it was the only one that had some left. I was in line for maybe 10 minutes, too, which is really funny. Also, I'm putting like a few of these stories in the episode. Sorry. Bye. Okay, listen. Yeah. Rex Orange County. That's not his real name.
0: Rex Orange County reminds me of Greta Van Fleet. It's the same to me in my brain. But Greta Van Fleet was a band and Rex Orange County is a guy. But they feel like from the same origin point in my brain.
2: Rex Orange County's real name is Alexander James O'Connor. He's 23, about to turn 24 this year. So he's a very particular demographic and that is about the age of his, uh, his stands. Timmy has opinions. Timmy always has opinions on music that we're less familiar with. God bless him. He says his favorite Rex song is Loving is Easy. His most popular song is Best Friend, and his new album came out last week. And when I opened up Spotify this morning just to listen to music, he was at the top of it. Rex, Orange County, Who Cares, featuring Keep Up, Amazing, Open a Window.
0: I love that he got his uh, record title from the famous Joy Behar quote from The View, So What Who Cares? (laughs) <laughs> he's a huge joy behar fan
2: the view yeah. it's timeless and
0: he said it's i watch this every day and i love when joy behar says so what who cares <laughs> so cares. what <laughs> who, Ooh, cares? who cares so this album is called who cares a sad boy next door plays mm-hmm. it gratingly safe yikes to that that was on the guardian
2: the guardians review two out of five stars for that
0: he seems uh his aesthetic seems adjacent to tyler uh which it, it makes sense because he works with him
2: tyler sort of discovered him
0: and his look is jack harlow It's like Jack Harlow, but preppy California, which is funny because he literally has Orange County in his name, which is like very much implies that laid back California surfer bro thing. Preppy. I say preppy because I think of Tyler with his like collar shirts and stuff, you know, but I also would assume that if they work together or if he founded him they use the exact same graphic designer creative director etc so if it seems familiar probably because it is familiar it's probably the same person or the same team and also doesn't tyler have like literally his own like creative direction company business banner whatever you know
2: Mm -hmm. when he was 18 and again rex orange county is english he's from surrey i'm not gonna pretend i know anything about surrey because i'm always wrong he was releasing music on his SoundCloud. Mm -hmm just as a teen, Tyler listens to it and says, I like your sound. Can I fly you to LA to help me on mm-hmm. my album? Rex Orange County is like, I would absolutely do that. And it's kind of like what's the his rest name? is history. So Tyler, what's Rex Orange County's name? Yeah. Alexander James O'Connor. Oh, okay. Um, and so once he did that, then it was like, okay, then he started getting attention for his own music. And now this mm-hmm. album came out and it's probably going to be number, I don't think the the, the charts are out. maybe they are when once this episode is live, but it's like predicted to be the number one album in the UK this week after debuting. So it's like, he is legit quite famous. Um, and that is why there was a lineup on the block. I should have stayed at home.
5: Cause right now I see all these people that love me, but I still feel alone. Can't help but check my phone.
0: You know who he kind of, saw, the vibe is kind of like, and it's interesting that Tyler's the one that, you know, kind of gave him a bump. He has a Frank Ocean. He, he sounds like Frank Ocean. I mean, the the music is is wavy in a Frank Ocean way.
2: It's wavy and vibey and a little sad.
0: <laughs> it reminds me of early Frank Ocean, a potato flew around Tumblr room, Frank Ocean. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's a Tumblr vibe in 2022, kind of. It's interesting to me that like, I've started noticing this and I and I would call it like a Gen Z thing, but older artists do it as well. But like the new vibe of are you are you lowercase or are you all caps or are you mixed case and mixed case is lame because he is an all caps guy. All of his songs are all caps. Unlike some of his peers who do all lowercase. We gotta stand out on
0: Spotify.
2: Willow's all caps, you know. Love Willow. They have to make these decisions.
0: So what? Who cares? All right, I don't like when we talk about music. It's kind of boring. Yeah, I it's like you can't hear it, and we sound stupid.
2: The only thing, other thing you need to know about Rex Orange County is that a teacher started calling him Orange County because of O'Connor in his name. He was like, "I don't even watch the OC," so that's, that's it. That's
0: so funny. Oh, I get was like, it. You're Rex County. O'Connor, yeah. Orange County. Mm-hmm. That's cute. Yeah. That's fun. It's also funny to give yourself like a very California vibe name when you're literally from Surrey, like you're not even close <laughs> and you're going to you're marketing yourself. You don't even realize to Tyler, the creator who is California vibes and then like meets you and is like, all right, we're keeping the name. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't... <laughs> yeah. but he's fucking Ed Sheeran, essentially.
2: It's a cooler aesthetic than Ed Sheeran. But like, do you get what I'm saying? We're like when I saw his Instagram and I saw what his what that merch looked like when I saw what his like. Aesthetic, yeah, it looks was. like Tyler I was the like,
0: creator, looks like golf, uh, golf Wang.
2: I totally understand why this guy's popular based on the aesthetic alone. I don't even have to listen to his music yet. And I'm like, okay, yep, but like, that's like the vibe,
0: <laughs> sure, yes. I mean, when you again, I'm gonna say it again when you hook up with Tyler the creator, the guy knows aesthetic, that's like his whole thing now, you know. He's still making good music, but he's got like 45 businesses, you know. It's not, doesn't surprise me at all. All that he's got, forty thousand things in the cooker, and like if you come work with him, he has a guy that's gonna help you with your entire creative direction, and like you know, make you look like you're from Southern California.
2: Okay, next call.
3: Hi, Lucy Bobby. Um, quick question: Why is Jesus nice in Iceland with Anna Kendrick? And I guess related, Jesus Romero, who were them? Can people lesbian.
2: When this call came in, I first saw the photo and I was like, who are all these people? But we figured it out with our with our forces combined. We, we named every single person in this photo that Jesus took with Anna Kendrick and four other people. <laughs> we didn't even need people.com to like caption this photo for us.
0: Jesus is the center of a trip to Iceland taken by a bunch of friends. <laughs> and it was a real group, a real like who's who group. That people were like, well, first mm-hmm. of all, why are these people all taking a trip to Iceland? Is this for like the, the show? But it turns out not only is it not for the show, but Jesus got COVID like in some part of the travels. He, it's funny because they just came back to a new season of Jesus and Miro and he got COVID mm-hmm. for the second episode. So like they can't wait to do the second episode. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with a timely show. It's dangerous.
2: He says his only symptom is boredom. <laughs>
0: But the the, the the friendship that I think people are most confused about is the Anna Kendrick of it all. The Anna Kendrick Jesus of it
2: all. Whose actual name isn't even Jesus His name is Daniel Baker. But whatever. We're going to call him Jesus here because it's easier.
0: But Jesus and Miro is the show on Showtime that he is the star of. Yes.
2: Is Deezus a who? Or Jesus and Miro who's? Definitely. We've done this. They are who's, right? For yeah. sure. Okay. So in this photo... And I think this explains why people were like, what? What's Anna Kendrick doing here? You have, from left to right, you have Tommy Alter, who Lindsay pointed out is the booker on Desus and Marrow. So, cool guy who knows every celebrity because he's like the Nina Katz figure, you know. Then you have Desus. Then you have Maude Apatow and her boyfriend, Sam Koppelman. Then you have Anna Kendrick. Then you have Taylor Rooks, who's like a very cool sports journalist who keeps, like, getting promoted and more notable in, like, sports journalism. Then you have Core Jefferson, like, TV writer King, who is responsible for a television that everyone loves. So you have, like, extremely cool people and Anna Kendrick. And I think that gags a lot of people. Like, no offense to Anna Kendrick, but which one of these is not like the others, right?
0: She's actually, like, a... I almost called her an A-lister, which, like, maybe is true, actually. But she's, like, the them of this, list. of this crew. But she's a them, for sure,
2: the star of Euphoria, the co-host of the coolest talk show on television, a very up and coming sports journalist who like everyone loves and used to date Jesse Williams. I'm talking about Taylor Rooks.
0: One of the buzziest TV writers in Hollywood.
2: Mhm. And a booker who knows everyone, who's kind of a knob nah, but like has a cool job. And then Anna Kendrick. <laughs> a
0: knob nah with a cool <laughs> job. You're rude. I think that's he kind of, is, I mean, though, is. which is boring, is that the booker, the guy who does booking for Deezus Amiro and other places, I think he's actually the person who brought all these people together. That's my oh, okay. That's the assumption, I think, is that, okay. like, he's the at Michael of the group where, like, it's kind of like, how do all these people know each other? And it's, like, this one kind of, like, cool guy that everybody loves who's essentially, like, a producer... Uh, brought them all together invited them all or whatever which is like essentially mm-hmm. how you meet people it's like through your friends you know like oh we're yeah. hey we're doing this big trip to iceland and also i think it's funny because like What's the funnest part about traveling with other Hollywood people is that like everyone is like equally rich and can just like do whatever or one mm-hmm. person is like footing the bill because like it's interesting because I feel like I was having this conversation with somebody else and it's like what's the value of going on a trip like this for me it would be if one person who is the richest the Anna Kendrick of it all paid for it and was like I'm a celeb I'm rich I don't care I'm planning this trip and I'm just gonna like pay for everything and you come because you're my friend and then you're like oh Damn, like, yeah.
2: Or if it's not even that Anna Kendrick paid for it, it's that one person got a free trip via some relationship with like a hotel or like a tour agency or whatever, you know? Bring your friends, promote it low-key.
0: Third, the other option that I would consider is that everybody's paying for it and it's fine, but because we're famous. We have connections. We know people, whatever. We're doing all these weird things that normal people don't get to do. So it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, we got a special guide. We got a special tour. We got a special thing. We're getting into this club that I know the guy from. Like, That's the other reason why you would want to travel with like semi-famous people.
2: It's one of those things that at first glance, you're like, what? And then when you take a step back and widen the frame, you're like, okay, this makes total sense. Also, Anna, Kendrick, and Jesus have been friends for like multiple years. It's not that surprising that they're doing this.
0: That's what I was going to say is we also don't know how Could friends anyone is in this picture? We're just like assuming they're not, but like that's kind of unclear. I'm just now expanding beyond like the idea of a celebrity trip, like this the idea of like Mm -hmm. a bunch of like vague who's going on a trip (laughs) in my mind because that's the only thing that's interesting. Other than that, it's just a breakdown of who's who, and it's like we just broke it down. It's interesting because Jesus, I feel like, brings together sports people and Hollywood people in an interesting way,
1: like Mm -hmm. he's always
0: at dinner with, like, Sue Bird and, like, Maud Apatow. You know what I mean? Like, it's a true <laughs> – he really has, like, an interesting Sue crossover. No, he's literally
2: at dinner with Sue Bird in that photo. That's Thank funny. you.
0: And Maud Apatow. So I just – I think that it's really cool that, I, that I, I think he is one of those people that uh, he's kind of just, like, a cool person to know that brings people together. And it's just funny that it's, like, in the sports world and, like, in the Hollywood world.
2: Yeah. It was funny because I was, like – well, certainly Maud Apatow's new here, but then you you look back at his feed and it's like, no, he went to dinner with Maud Apatow like a couple of months ago and right also now. Peyton Dix was there.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, totally. And shout out to Jesus, who literally like, I remember when I was living in my three ap- four apartments ago, listening to his podcast, was funny on Twitter first. And then look where he mm-hmm. is now. It's kind of incredible, actually. He used to work like a shitty office job and complain about it. And he like couldn't quit it. And look at him now mira was a teacher it's very cool teacher's aid i forget next call hey lindsey bobby can you tell me more about daisy edgar jones
3: um i just watched the movie fresh on uh hulu and then i realized that she's the, the gonna be the main girl in where the crawdads sing which is like reach twitter's smoothie so that's like a pretty fucking big deal and then I see she's also in the uh, like move, or television adaptation of Under the Banner of Heaven with Andrew Garfield. I mean, this is like some pretty big stuff. Um, so, yeah. Can you tell me more about her? I think she's definitely a hill. Uh, good form.
2: I cannot believe she's... I did not realize until the caller called that she's going to be the lead in Where the Crawdads Sing. That's crazy
0: (laughs) she has like a very i know it's not that many roles but like her up and coming ones are really good like the fact that like she's like her next thing is under the banner of heaven and where the crawdad's sing is like crazy two fucking slam dunks in terms of like what's next
2: on your roster
0: wasn't that like the most popular book ever Isn't it Delia something?
2: Delia Owens, this like 50-something-year-old woman who's like, I'm going to write a novel. And she spent all these years writing a novel.
0: And then it's literally Tries to
2: sell it. No one buys it. Finally, someone buys it.
0: You keep telling me to read it. I will read it before the show. I do feel like in a very... We were talking about the Bridgerton stars. It sold like like 5 million copies. From this show, like coming off Mm -hmm. of it's like it's Phoebe Dyne versus Reggae jean Page, like, very much that. This happened also with, mm-hmm. I feel like, Paul Mezcal and Daisy Edgar-Jones, yeah. people, in that just, like, mm-hmm. they played a couple in a buzzy, sexy show, and everybody was like, these are the next, thi- they're the next thing. Right. And it's like, then you mm-hmm. kind of anticipate what's next. And I feel like she crea- she crafted a really amazing lineup of things to happen after that, you know?
2: Yeah, meanwhile, Paul Mezcal just kind of fucked Phoebe Bridgers for a while, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: Right. And was in the Which lost is great. daughter. Like congrats. And like right. Like, yeah, like he kind of more just like did like just hung out, like versus like <laughs> yeah, what's kinda. he up to, you know?
2: Maggie was like, Maggie Gyllenhaal sent him a text and was like, So would you want to come to Greece for a weekend? Like to shoot <laughs> like, a really yeah. small part. And Phoebe Richards is like, Can I come to your house in Ireland? <laughs> you know, like it is a funny that the vibes are very different. The vibes are different. Like I don't like I see suddenly Daisy Edgar Jones, and I'm talking like in the past week. I'm suddenly realizing that she is everywhere. It's it's fresh. Fresh Fresh. Hulu's
0: doing a good job putting her everywhere. And fresh is like fun. Fresh is good. Like she. I haven't watched it yet. She's good in it. And it's gross. It's absolutely disgusting. And I think the mixture of Sebastian Stan being Pam and Tommy and fresh at the same time and Marvel and like Marvel and like a cutie. I think it's like it's really going to help her as well in terms of like people going to actually watching that movie on on Hulu or whatever. I think she's back in the conversation all of a sudden
2: I remember when this came out when normal people came out and we were talking about her and it was like well she's new this is kind of her first big thing and it was like one of those boring conversations that we have where like you kind of we kind of have to talk about her because everyone's calling but it's like what is there to say now there's something to say and it's like oh this has lived up to the hype she's booking everything these days like she's booking three two at least two humongous things which are under the banner of heaven The Andrew Garfield Show, and Where the Crawdads Sing, the Reese Witherspoon book. Right. That's big. That's undeniable.
0: And like, I'm looking at Paul Mezcal's thing and I'm like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Like, what? (laughs) You'd think that based off the talk about around Paul Mezcal, he would be like in these amazing things coming up. You know what I
2: mean? He's very Samantha Jones, the absolute hunk. Yeah. he's He's starring in some Irish movie with Saoirse. You know, I'm sure that'll be a big deal at some point. The thing is there's plenty of stuff on his IMDb but I feel like Daisy Edgar Jones's manager or whatever like really booked her was like, "Oh no, we're going to make you the the hot young thing in 2022." Paul Mescal may take a couple of years.
0: Yeah, I mean any of these things could hit, but like it is just interesting the comparison of their two things. But you're right, she kind of like went away and came back to at least us cuz we didn't watch War of the Worlds, which I guess she was on for
2: which apparently uh, was bad. I heard it was. Yeah. The reason I didn't watch it is because I did hear it was bad.
0: On for like two seasons.
2: But yeah, Daisy Edgar Jones, I guess she officially is a it woman.
0: <laughs> officially. Officially is. I mean, Paul Mescal and Phoebe Bridgers are a super couple, though. Like, the, you, you <laughs> cannot deny. Like, in the alt world, they are a listers, you know?
2: They're too much. They're too They much. are
0: literally fan fiction come to life, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Come to each on. other, their fan fiction come to life, Lindsay. To each other, are you
0: kidding? To their audiences, their fan fiction come to life. If it can't be you,
2: mm-hmm.
0: they're perfect. They're perfect. So, I mean, it's even funny. I was reading about her because, well, like, I already forgot, like, kind of her thing, Daisy and it's like Eckert. not interesting. Yeah, we probably went over. She's all boring. This originally, her father was the head of Sky Entertainment. You know that TV channel. Yeah, so she's a little bit of
2: a nepotism.
0: A little bit of a nepotism. Her dad ran entertainment at Sky, which is like Comcast of UK kind of. Yeah. It's also funny because the there's a Rolling Stone profile of her that came out more recently, like in in to sell fresh or whatever. And mm-hmm. one of the paragraphs says, maybe she's so down to earth, as Owen puts it, because said massive TV show took off square in the middle of the pandemic. And Edgar Jones has yet to feel the real world ramifications of fame. So I'm like, we're doing this for a lot of people now in terms of like anyone who like came up in the last like two years. We have this kind of like, well, maybe you know what I mean? And
1: mm-hmm. I caught myself
0: doing this about somebody when I was writing about them because I was like, well, maybe <laughs> because. Right. They're like a pandemic person. They really haven't been out and about. But I'm like, now I'm questioning They're that. They're
2: a little more grounded. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm
0: questioning that That uh, hypothesis. I don't know that
2: that's the case. Yeah. yeah. Maybe for the person you're writing about, when am I going to be able to read that, by the way? I don't no know. No spoilers.
0: I don't know. It's a it's a Q and a too. So it's, a, it's not as much of a, a thinky romp as it is. An ASCII romp, but yeah, soon, soon, soon. An soon. ASCII romp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you know what I mean. It's but not I a thinky romp. It's an ASCII romp. Read Lindsay's
2: next ASCII romp soon on in the a pages major of somewhere publication. The point is, is I was on having the the, I was
0: I was having these same thoughts, these same hypotheses about a star that had come out over the pandemic, like, you know, does that change the nature of their stardom that they're kind of not out and about? I mean, I think it's, I think it might be different from an actor and maybe a performer because a performer is not like actually performing and that's a little bit different.
2: You know what I think a difference could be, and I might be talking out of my ass here, but um, sure. as far as I can tell, there's no mic on my seat. Uh, The Not yet. (laughs) A way that the pandemic could have affected it is just straight up exposure because people just are not, physically out and about as much where it's like you're not necessarily saying like oh my god who cares if daisy Eger jones was out doing this like people aren't doing as much physically so maybe yeah it's harder to be exhausted by it. remember when margot Roby burst on the scene like oh and it was like, like hopped in from australia and it was everywhere. like everywhere shut the fuck up how are you everywhere right. all of the time and i right. feel like that's just less feasible that's so it, true and actually we're, just not we, a, we're not as exhausted by people before we've even come to know them you we're know like
0: forgetting that we haven't had like red carpets for yeah like, literally a year and a half therefore like the daisy edgar jones of it all like seeing her in every photo and every dress da, 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 this and not like didn't happen until recently and like now she's promoting this movie and it's like hap- we're back to doing what we did before kind of
2: and we're getting some red carpets we're getting some promo cycles but like you think also, our promo cycles aren't
0: back to fully normal yet
2: it doesn't – I think it just – I think the main thing is context, right? There's so much else to worry about in, like, a very, like, serious way that, like, oh, this is a distraction. We like pop culture. We like entertainment because it's a distraction. It's harder to give in to the distractions these days, I think. Well, for
0: lots of people. For some people,
2: For lots right? of people. Yeah, totally. For some people. For some people, you know? Yeah.
0: Clearly, it's not hard for us.
2: Because <sighs> it's our job. Yeah.
0: But I know what you're saying. Like, the people who uh, might care more in other times care less now
2: care less now yeah I think that's my that's my hypothesis
0: but I also think it's like you know just the matter of people coming up to you on the street and or being needing you know like that type of thing that type of stardom is Mm -hmm. less relevant in a in a pandemic than before you know yeah although I will say like Lil Nas is did you notice Lil Nas came back to Twitter
2: he came back finally after
0: being missing in action for like a while Mm-hmm. hot off the heels of a promo of a promo run for his new album which was confusing i was like where did you go and i wonder if yeah. that was feasible because of like pandemic situations you know it's easier to disappear yeah Yeah. Kind of. it's
2: easier to get lost yeah, yeah. uh maybe I don't i'm know. just i'm actually surprised that this woman daisy edgar jones is like actually making it happen are you how many versions of Daisies and Jones can we I know, can we I know. import from the from the I know. UK? She's like you know?
0: Lucy Boynton. She's like Lucy Boynton some I was gonna say light, but like, I would say Lucy Boynton is her light, because I actually like Lucy Daisy Boynton. Daisy Ridley, less, yeah, Felicity
2: Jones. There are all these yeah, there's all these yeah. brunette <laughs> yeah, yeah, these brunette yeah, ladies yeah. from over there who are like, here she comes, here she yeah. comes. And it's like, oh my god, enough already. No yeah. offense, but like like
0: a dour brunette with bangs.
2: And your daddy ran sky. It's like, give me a break. Oh my but, god. But
0: God. All right.
2: Give me Paul Mescal, please. Meanwhile, Paul Mescal's like, eh, she... Phoebe, I'm free. Yeah. <laughs> Come over.
0: Right. I you know it's true. Paul Mescal is freaking hunk.
2: Paul Mescal, I would. He's a hunk.
0: I'm sorry. He's a hunk.
2: No, yeah. Paul Mescal's like straight up spit. He's an
0: absolute
2: hunk. Paul Muscal's straight up <laughs> spit take hunk, where if we were at a restaurant and you were like, Bobby I mean, Paul Mescal's over there, and I like took a sip and I turned and he was there. I would s- just go.
0: <laughs> Your tongue would roll out like a red carpet. Yeah. yeah. You know, like one of those cartoons. <laughs> would, like roll out
2: <laughs> like a red carpet.
0: I have range, though. Like I think Channing Tatum is also extremely hot. So don't worry about me. Like I run the gamut.
2: Paul Mescal and Channing Tatum. Wow. I Your don't taste know. is so eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> Me being like, I like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones. (laughs)
0: Fuck you. I knew you were going to say that.
2: (laughs) Okay. Let's play some Uh. rapid fire calls.
3: Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. I somehow arrived at famousbirthdays.com slash names slash coco.html. And I don't know who any of these people are. First of all, Coco Chanel is number three, Coco Goff, the tennis player, is number seven, and Coco Rocha is number nine. I just, who the fuck are these people? Crunch, crunch.
2: This is a funny... I've never been on the Coco Famous Birthdays page. This caller is calling about all the famous well, Coco's. Why would you be on the <laughs> I don't famous know. Coco famous I, don't know. Birthdays. I mean, why would I be anywhere, you know? Coco Austin, <laughs> number 10. Coco Rocha has gone up since the caller called. Coco Rocha's number eight. Coco Goff is number seven. Coco Chanel is is number three. Coco Arquette is number four. And top four is, I think, what the caller was. Coco
0: Chanel, number three. Coco Austin. The caller
2: is, I think, most gagged by numbers one through four. We have Coco Quinn, number 13. So I tried to break these down. Who are these people? This will be fast coco quinn i like immediately was like nope because when i search coco quinn you get coco has become one of the most influential rising stars of generation z at just 12 years old and i was like nope <laughs> nope
0: much like the imdb algorithm famous birthdays is actually one of their uh rules of of weighing things is if you're underage that you get bumped up to the top <laughs> Right.
2: seriously oh they're only <clears> 13 we're shooting them up to number one yeah. okay
0: I actually do think that. I do think that, but yeah.
2: I was checking between real Cocos and nickname Cocos. Coco Quinn, her real name is, as far as I could tell, actually Coco, okay? Coco is her okay. first name on her birth certificate. The next Coco, number two, Coco Jones, who's 24, who's a movie actress. We've definitely talked about her before. She's a Disney person. Her real name is Courtney, so she's a Coco nickname, 24. She's a Disney person turned m- musician. Number three, Coco Chanel- Coco nickname, her real name is Gabrielle Bonner Chanel, okay? We know who Coco Mm Michelle is. mm -hmm. And then Coco Arquette is number four, who is the child, the only child, of Courtney Cox and David Arquette, born in 2004. And I was like, is Coco a nickname? No, Coco is on the birth certificate. It is Coco Arquette.
0: I got lost on Coco Arquette's Instagram last night. It's a fascinating place to be. What a subculture. Um, Rosanna Arquette, who's clearly her aunt, uh, uh, comments, love you, on every post, which I think is so (laughs) sweet. And also, what's incredible is in Coco Arquette's comments are... Hundreds of Jennifer Aniston fan accounts. <laughs> Aniston XX Star. Oh my God, Coco, you are so pretty. Jen Aniston World. I love you. JenAniston.br. Beautiful girls. Aniston World. Heart, 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 heart. I absolutely love that the Jennifer Aniston stan accounts are like hard standing for Coco Arquette. Isn't that just perfect?
2: And her best friend is Iris Apatow.
0: I think Iris Apatow is everyone's best friend. Under the age of 17. you just It's just funny you can learn so much from just the comments of somebody's Instagram. I already learned all these things. That the Jennifer Aniston stan army loves Coco Arquette. That Rosanna Arquette's the best aunt. And that Coco and Iris are best friends.
2: Where the hell is Patty? Why isn't Patricia commenting? Why is Well, Patricia's like posting about like the war on her Twitter feed. She's too busy for uh,
0: yeah, Coco she's like busy Instagram. She's busy. Rosanna's free, you know? Rosanna's like,
1: hi. Hi, let's see, Bobby. Medium time, medium time. Um, I called a while back about um Buzzfeed people in general, but specifically Quinta Brunson. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And uh obviously she's been the breakout like star writer, star of um Abbott Elementary this season, which everyone's just loving. It's wonderful. Um anyway I just got reading for a second season. I'm wondering, does this make does this up uh Quinta's um Hoonis level? Is she approaching Demdum? I feel like she's all I can uh, see on the internet Uh, anytime anyone's talking about TV they're always talking about Abbott Elementary Um, and uh, Shirley Ralph and and everyone in there who's like oh this woman's amazing you know blah 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 there's so many people in there that are sort of having a comeback uh, like Shirley Ralph or um oh forgive me (laughs) the woman who plays Chessie from The Parent Trap which honestly I think is probably just how everyone knows her anyway um anyway just curious uh wanted your opinion uh thanks Crunch Crunch
2: Quinta Brunson, who are them? Does half a season of Abbott Elementary make a former BuzzFeed star of them? In what nine weeks? One, two, three. <gasps> who? No. No. Yeah, I think it needs. <laughs> I was going to say the first season. I think she's almost there.
0: She's like so close. She's right she's there. She's So close.
2: A friend of ours who I saw this weekend said multiple times, "To quote Vanessa Hudgens, it's inevitable." And now that's stuck in my head. But like, to quote Vanessa Hudgens. It's inevitable that Quinta Brunson becomes of them, but not quite yet.
0: Do you know that uh, that iconic video had its anniversary yesterday or the day before?
2: The two-year anniversary of Vanessa Hudgens saying that getting COVID is inevitable was this week.
0: Shout out to Grant, your dad's side piece. <laughs> happy for tweeting. <laughs> just like, it just like appeared for me, the joke. Uh, uh, happy anniversary of Vanessa Hudgens becoming head of the CDC. This was 20 hours ago, a.k.a. March 16th. So that was Wednesday. Wednesday was the anniversary of It's Inevitable.
2: Wow.
5: Even
0: if everybody
5: gets it,
3: like, yeah,
5: people are going to die. It's just terrible, but, like, inevitable?
4: I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this right now.
5: (laughs)
3: Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I have my two-week-old son on my chest right now, and all I can think is, would you please rank, from who to them, TLC, the band, TLC, the concept, and TLC, the TV channel? <laughs> Little baby noises just for thank you. Right hey. Forehead Diamond, Crunch, Crunch, Emily and Paris, we!
0: Ranking TLC the band, TLC the concept, (laughs) Tender, Love, and Care. And
2: TLC the TV channel.
0: (laughs) Okay, I think you might be, I think this might be a controversial answer for me.
2: Let's go who to them. Let's go who to them.
0: Okay, I think, okay, I think the Learning Channel is the whoiest.
2: Yes, for sure.
0: Then I think Tender, Love, and Care is the the second (laughs) whoiest. And then I think TLC the band is the themiest. I know that's controversial, but it's true.
2: (laughs) Well, here's why I agree with you.
0: Oh, you agree with me? Because, no, I agree with
2: you. Because Timmy downloaded this call. So we have a a shirt full. So we all like split listening to the calls and then label them.
0: And you thought it was the band.
2: Timmy said rank TLC. And my first thought, I thought we were ranking Left Eye Chili and T-Boss. The
0: members of TLC.
2: So the first thing I thought when I saw TLC was the group. So I agree with you.
0: You would think Tender Love and Care because it's like the OG TLC. Like would be the, a little give him a little TLC, would be the, the exactly. but I think actually the and band TLC like, has oh. super, has has superseded, has like, you know, grown beyond TLC, Tender Loving Care.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. T-Boss, Jilly
0: Left Eye. Everyone knows that. Come on. <laughs> And the learning channel, the learning channel.
2: (laughs) Did you see the viral tweet of the uh, person in the grocery store wearing a T like an old vintage TLC shirt who ran into chili like in the dairy aisle? (laughs) That's (laughs) That's so cute. I love chili. Okay. My favorite call of the week. My favorite call of the week.
4: Does Christopher Nolan know who Miranda Cosgrove is? Crunch,
0: crunch. I think that these questions you think are e- you think these are easier to get funny than they are, but when a real funny one comes in, it's it's like transcendent. Like it's not that easy to come up with this. Do you know what I mean?
2: Shout out to Timmy. I think he's the one who put this context in. I didn't realize that this is probably why the caller called because Josh Peck just joined the thirty-five other white men who were in Christopher Nolan's upcoming movie Oppenheimer, and Josh Peck was in Drake and Josh, a Disney Channel show. So I guess that's why iCarly was thought of.
0: That's a stretch and a half. That's a stretch Armstrong right there. Sorry.
2: But does Christopher Nolan know who Miranda Cosgrove is? <laughs> iCarly herself.
0: iCarly. Okay.
2: One, two, three. No.
0: Absolutely not. But has Miranda Cosgrove auditioned for a Christopher Nolan movie?
2: A hundred percent. Yes. No, she had. What did she audition for?
0: Anything name it she's out there she's in hollywood she's auditioning
2: first of all it's hard it's hard for a woman to be cast in a christopher nolan movie because he simply doesn't cast to them
0: <laughs> have you seen the the like thing that went a little christopher viral to not give a shit about, the, about women the, the clip the clip of her swearing her saying her favorite yeah swear. she's like How probably fuck <laughs> probably yeah, fuck
5: like, <laughs> the, clip, the clip is so funny i actually do cuss a little do you <laughs> also what's yeah. your favorite curse word
0: probably fuck <laughs> <laughs> i actually do curse it's so funny it's like i actually do curse a little Jesus Probably fuck. Back. That sound, people love to lip sync to that sound. Probably fuck. Probably fuck. <laughs> What's your favorite dish? Oh. Probably mug. Mug.
2: <laughs> wow, Demi. Okay. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Keep calling in at 619-who-them to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Support us on patreon.com slash Weekly for uh, weekly bonus episodes. We're going to do fun Oscar content, which is only for Patreons. Commentaries. uh newsletter, all sorts of stuff, a discord server. Oh my God. The discord server and um, rate and review us on Apple podcasts. We love your ratings and reviewings. Thank you to Katie and Eric of the who's for providing our Rita theme song on Tuesdays and Timmy, our research and editorial assistant for providing assistance every day. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a good one. Bye.
0: Bye. Hey. Hey. Mia. Hey. Hey. Hey.
2: Probably fuck.
1: Bobby going from who the fuck is this Bridgerton idiot to oh my god, Jonathan Bailey bubbling them over the course of one conversation where the only thing that changed is you found out he was gay is <sighs> gay culture and kind of iconic and maybe my favorite Bobby moment of the podcast recently. Alright, that's it. Lindsay Embezzler, bye.
3: Wait, The Power of the Dog is not the new Channing Tatum movie with the dog in it? I was a little bit shocked it was up for awards, but I was like, go tanning, um, crunch, crunch. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, um, just calling. I would also like to um, put my support out there for bringing back beans rather than tea. Um, I would love to hear Sophie Turner say, and that's the beans. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Who Weekly, first time, medium time.
1: Can you rank from who to them? (laughs) Can you rank from who to them? Chelsea Manning, Karen Manning, Eli Manning, and Peyton Manning. Thanks so much. Bradley loves selfies.